Thank you for listening to the teaching podcast of Muncie First Church. If you would like to know more about us, go to MuncieFirstChurch.com. Or if you would like to support a ministry, go to the giving page, MuncieFirstChurch.com slash give. Well, let's jump into the teaching from this last week. Well, good morning, church. It is a great day, isn't it? We've been in this series now for two weeks called Sorry Not Sorry, and we're going to finish up today. And and just to give you a little recap, if you missed the last couple weeks or you forget what we talked about, we talked about the idea that in week one that holding onto a grudge actually holds on to us. And the idea that we need to let go of our grudges and move on into a place of forgiveness. And that's what we talked about last week was that forgiven people forgive. And this week, it's kind of interesting to me, I, I don't know that I thought this through when we planned this series, that today is Mother's Day. And we want to honor mothers. We want to honor stepmoms and, 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 and just ladies in general who have had a motherly influence over people. Because I think that there, isn't it true that sometimes those of us, you know, maybe who, who couldn't be moms still had influence in someone's life. Or even, even some of you who are moms have had influence in a motherly way over children that were not your children. Maybe you were the only motherly influence over those children. And so we want to honor you today and, and recognize that. And I'm not, a lot of times we have you stand, but maybe that's awkward and you don't want to stand. So we're just going to, we're not going to do that. But we, I, I know Trent already mentioned it, but I do want to just take a moment and um, pray for you and and pray for our service as well as we get started. So if you would pray with me. Jesus, we just want to honor you this morning and lift you up. This whole gathering, everything that we do from worship to preaching to to prayer time is, is ultimately about bringing honor to your name and making your name famous. And Jesus, this morning, we are so thankful for those mothers in our lives, God, those who've been moms to us, whether they were our actual mom or our, our stepmom or just someone who said, hey, you're not going to act that way, and uh, I, I will be the one. If no one else will, I'll tell you that. And we are so thankful for the ladies who have done that in our lives, Lord. Thank you for giving them patience and kindness and sometimes a firm hand when need be. We are so thankful, God, and we pray that in these next few moments that you would just speak to our hearts and, and change our lives to be more like your son, Jesus. We pray in that name. Amen. Well, it is a little interesting to me as I think about what we're going to talk about today, which is the idea uh, of how do we heal uh, through this process of dealing with forgiveness. How do we heal? And it being Mother's Day, I oftentimes think of moms as being a healer, being someone who brings healing. Now, I think most would agree. I, I do understand that sometimes if your mom was maybe a doctor or a nurse, someone who legitimately does healing, they may not have been so healing at home. They may not have been sympathetic. Am I right? Sometimes you, your mom who's a nurse or a doctor, you come and tell them that, oh, I'm sick. And they're like, no, you're going to school anyways. You know, I mean, sometimes that's the way it is. But oftentimes we think of moms as being healing and nurturing and And when we get hurt or sick, who do we want to go to? Mom. Not not rarely dad. Usually because dad wasn't very healing. And he's like, just rub some dirt on it and you'll be all right, right? You know, moms are consoling and encouraging and, and 
sympathetic and empathetic and all those good words. At least that's very true of Allison. I don't have any of that. I, I'm just like, let's just go. Can we go? We got to go. You know, let's, let's get on with it. But I'm always amazed at how much our mothers shape us and, and, and the influence that they have over our lives, whether it's a good influence or, or bad. I, I've, I'm, I'm, if I'm honest, I admire those of you in the room who would say, you know, my mom, she was very patient. She was very patient. Anybody willing to just say, you know what, my mom was so patient. Yeah, a few more than I thought, but, but maybe less than I thought. I don't know what I thought. Maybe some of you, we need to see a counselor. I don't know. Um, but, I, you know, I, I'll be honest. I'm a little jealous of those of you who, who would say, yeah, my mom, she was just always, so, she was like, had the patience of a saint. She was so patient. She always took time to explain to me why what I was doing was wrong. And she did it in such a loving way. See, that was not so true for my sisters and I with our mom. Our mom was not what you would call patient. She was quick to yell. Anybody got one of the, you, that's willing, somebody in the very, very back said that. Back by the computer, he said that. Both arms up said that. I'm just saying. Not to call him out or anything, but Jim, it was Jim Neal, if you just wondering. <laughs> Jim Neal. But I mean, my mom, I, I remember, I mean, my mom could go from just peaceful to like in, in an instant yelling about something. And, and I don't think it was like a mean, it wasn't an abusive way. It wasn't, I don't, I mean, at least I don't believe her intent was that. Um, she just, at the drop of a hat, all of a sudden, you know, just like the, I mean, and I don't even know what happened, but all of a sudden we're being yelled at. And, and I've, I've noticed that as a parent, I have a tendency from time to time, if I'm not careful, to follow in that path. To, to model that sort of behavior, to be that way. And, and, and I've become aware of this over the last year or so, and I've been really trying hard because I, I don't want to be that way. I don't want to be the dad that just all of a sudden, like, everything was fine two seconds ago, and now I'm yelling about something. And so I really, really have been trying hard. I feel guilty sometimes because I do, I fall into that trap. And, and I really, really, really work hard not to do that. But I think we all tend at times in certain environments to be impatient. Am I right? You willing to admit that maybe, I mean, maybe there's a few of us in here that say, no, I'm pretty patient most of the time. But I bet most of us would say we have a place, a time, an environment where we'd say, you know what, I just have no patience there. And maybe it's not with your kids, but maybe it's with your work. Will that work maybe? What about with your husband or your wife? I figured there might have been a few amens there, but maybe they're just holding out. Maybe they're hiding Amen. for a good reason. I noticed your wife's not in here today. Uh, that might be why you're... What about with a cashier or a waitress or a waiter? Ever been impatient there? What about, uh, you know, while driving a car? Hallelujah. Amen. You know, been there, been there. You know, I think, I think it's interesting. We, we get impatient with all kinds of things. I think we get impatient even with our activities and hobbies that we do. Maybe you've been there. Let me give you some examples of what I'm talking about. Have you ever given something up or quit doing something because it took too long? 
like maybe you wanted to learn to play the drums. You want to be like Rich. You're like, Rich, he, I just want to be like Rich. I want to play drums. But then it took like more than a day. And you're like, well, doggone it, I'm not Rich. But Rich, how long have you been playing drums? To put you on the spot. You could have said any number. There you go, 44 years. I mean, but sometimes we quit because it, it, maybe it wasn't the drums. Maybe it was guitar. Maybe it was to sing. Maybe it was some other instrument. My instrument was drums. I learned, I, I, school band tried to play the drums, realized I couldn't do it, and I just stood back there. They put me on bass drum because I didn't have to do anything else. I couldn't even do that. I couldn't even do that right. Can't count. Got to be able to count to do that. What about, this one's, I'm guilty of this, household chores cleaning out the garage, doing that yard work, doing that honeydew list, that project. You said, oh, by Mother's Day 2019, all these things are going to be done for you, babe, and you've done none of them. You know, we quit because we're just, it's just not getting done fast enough. Or maybe you were going to write a book, or you like to write songs, or, or play some sort of sport, or something else, and you quit because it just wasn't happening fast enough. See, I think sometimes we give up out of impatience or a need for speed. We give up things that are important in our lives. And one of the areas where our, uh, the need for speed affects us the most is in the area of forgiveness. We've been talking about that for the last couple of weeks. And this is an area of our lives that if we expect immediate results, we expect everything to be fixed in a moment, we will give up because it's not going to happen like that. It just doesn't work like that. We give up, don't even try, sometimes pass on opportunities, all because we want immediate results. We want immediate uh, success. We want everything to be fixed in a moment. And it just doesn't always work that way. See, we pass on forgiveness, and, and it's detrimental. As we've said, it's detrimental to our spiritual growth. It's detrim detrimental to our uh, peace of mind. And as we said in week one, if you remember... It's detrimental to our physical health. I mean, withholding forgiveness it can, can cause us physical health problems, as we talked about with grudges and stuff. But here's the thing that I want us to get this morning. Forgiveness is a process that takes time that we cannot give up on just because it's not happening fast enough for us. See, I think most of us, we have, we have attempted forgiveness, we've tried forgiveness, and it didn't work. Or it didn't work fast enough. It didn't happen in the way that we wanted to. We, we forgave that coworker. We forgave that family member. We forgave that person who hurt us. But it just didn't happen. We didn't sense healing right away. We didn't move on from the pain quick enough. And so we gave up. So we gave up. When it comes to forgiveness, we want to feel better now. We want to feel better now. We want immediate results. See, when forgiveness doesn't give us instant results, we all tend to do the same thing. We say, well, it didn't work. It didn't work. And so, therefore, we give up. Now, here, here's where I'm at with this. Let me just give you a picture into how I think and work. Maybe this is true of you. We won't have you raise your hand or anything. But I am kind of forgetful from time to time. Very organized, have to write everything down. But if I don't, I forget telling you, if you tell me something on Sunday morning that you expect me to remember on Monday, forget about it. It's not happening. I am so forgetful. And so that plays a role in my forgiveness. 
I just forget. I just forget. But I didn't forget about the hurt. I just forget what you did. Anybody here say, yeah, that's me too. I don't actually heal. I don't actually forgive. I'm not actually moving on from the situation. I'm just forgetting what you did. And then when I see you again, or when somebody tells a story about you, I remember that hurt. I remember that pain. I'm reminded, and it all comes back in, and I realize I'm still holding a grudge. I'm, I'm, I still haven't forgiven, and I haven't experienced any healing. Recently, I heard this great story about a pastor, and, and a, a lot of times when pastors tell stories with no names, they're not true. This is actually a true story. This is a true story uh, about a, a pastor who pastors a relatively large church out in Las Vegas area. Um, and he's been there for more than a decade, I think uh, going on two decades now. And, and um, very, very successful church. But I, I heard him in an interview explaining how after several years of being there, he says, I found myself being so burnt out, so hurt, carrying around all this pain and this anger and this just, just all this stuff that's happened in the past. And he's like, I, I found myself, I had to go get counseling. I needed to go to account, see a counselor. And so he goes to this counselor and within like the first few sessions, maybe the first session, I can't remember exactly, but he says, the counselor suggested to him, because I want you to go home and I want you to take out a piece of paper and I want you to make a list of all the people that have hurt you over these fa- past several years and come back and we will discuss it in our next session. So the guy, he goes home and he does that. And he, and he has, is, finds it very difficult to do this. He thought, he, he told the counselor before he left, he said, I don't know how I'm going to do that. It's gonna, I'm going to have a list a mile long. I'm going to have to bring a roll of paper in. There's going to be so many names. We'll never get through them in one session. And the counselor says, okay, but go ahead and go home and come back. And when he comes back, he pulls out his list. And there's a measly five people on the list. And the counselor says to him, in all my years of doing this, no one has ever brought a list in that had more than five to ten people on it. Because what we do is that we take the hurts from a few people and we project them on everyone else in our life. What happens is that we project the hurts from a few onto the many. And we do this all the time in our life. And so that's why what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks is so important. That we've got to find a way to deal with our hurt, to work through forgiveness, and experience healing. Because if we don't, we just end up projecting our hurts from a few, from five to six people, on everyone else that we meet and interact in our life. So this morning, we're going to look at our text. It comes to us from Matthew 18. Now, if you remember last week, we looked at the story that, pres- that follows this verse. It's, 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 the, it's the whole master and, and servant story of where the master forgives the debt. And we're going to look this week at the question that sparked that part of the text. It's the time where Peter comes to Jesus and he asks him a question about forgiveness. Here's the question. It's chapter 18, verses 21 through 22. It says... Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. 70 times seven. 
Now, if you know anything about the disciples and those who followed Jesus closely, Peter was considered to be perhaps the one that followed Jesus the closest. He was, he was kind of in the inner circle and then even, the, even beyond that. In the, he was like the right-hand man. And he was also the most outspoken of all the disciples. And I think on this day, he comes to Jesus, and, and this might be me a little bit reading into the text, but I believe that he is approaching Jesus with a sense of, of confidence and perhaps even a little bit of arrogance. You ever been like that? You just maybe a little too confident to the point of it's, it's a little bit arrogant. And, and at this, I think he's even being a little bit selfish and maybe self-absorbed here because and, and he, he thinks he's being generous with what he says to Jesus. See, I get that from the fact that in Jewish tradition, it was customary for a person to only forgive someone three times. Three times. You know, it's like three strikes and you're out sort of thing. You know, you just, I mean, that would be a rough way to live. If you can imagine that we only gave people three times. How many people in our lives would we have written off by now? We'd have a long list if we tracked it that way. And Peter says, I'll take your three and I'll raise you four more. I'll give you seven. Sounds like a good number. He says, what about seven times, Jesus? And his response, I mean, I think that Peter's kind of inflating himself. He's saying, hey, look at me. Look at me. I, I, three, that's for the weak. That's for the, the, the weak at heart. I'll give you seven. And Jesus says, hey, uh, forgiveness is, is, is a lot more than seven times. It's, it's 70 times seven which if my math is right, is 490 times. But it doesn't even matter. Because the amount, I mean, then it doesn't mean like, okay, now you got to keep a bigger list. Seven was probably manageable, but now we got to track 490 times. No, the number is so arbitrary. Jesus is saying, hey, the number is not the point when it comes to forgiveness. The, the number doesn't matter. We, we forgive 70 times seven. He's saying you need to forgive as many times as it takes for the forgiveness to take for it to take until in your heart you you've experienced some sort of healing you've let go of the pain it, this could be a ritual of every single day waking up saying i've got to forgive that person i've got to forgive that person I, i've got to let go i i've got to i've got to let go of that hurt it might take years for us to forgive somebody it might take Day after day after day. And interestingly enough, that's not what we expect most of the time. That's not what we want, is it, church? You want it to happen right now. But if our forgiveness isn't instant and it takes time, if that's true, then it's also true that our healing takes time. Our healing takes time. It might take you many, many years to get past your hurts. We've had some really deep, I don't know if you, those of you who are in small group and have been discussing this content, man, we've had some deep discussions over this idea of forgiveness, of how, how do you do it? How do you do it? I mean, how do you actually do this? And how do you get past the hurt from, from I mean, with tear-filled eyes, people saying, I don't know how to get over what somebody has done to me. Forgiveness is a process, and so is our healing. And it's a process of day after day making the decision to forgive and to let go and to move towards healing. So I believe that the point Jesus is trying to make here is that it is important we keep forgiving as long as we need to. 
until our emotions, until our heart catches up with our head decision. We've made the decision in our head, but our heart might be a little slow to the party. It, it takes some time to get there. We keep moving towards forgiveness, keep moving towards healing until the hurt starts to hurt a little less, until we're not carrying around the pain as much, till we really have not just forgotten about what they've done, but we've, we've literally forgotten about the hurt because it's not hurting anymore. And we're having emotionally healthy relationships and, and we have mental and emotional health in our own life as we think about that person. That's why he tells us to forgive as many times as we need to until we've healed. Here's why I think this question is so powerful. Jesus is setting a standard unlike anything else we've ever seen. To my knowledge, and, and uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but to my knowledge, I believe that there's no other religious group, no other religious teaching, no other group of people that teaches this kind of thing. Forgive until forever. Most people would say, eye for an eye. That's the standard of our world and our day. You've hurt me. Even the most generous people would probably say, well, three times, that's probably good enough. And then if you were really holy, you might say seven like Peter did. You know, But nobody is going to say, hey, forgive until forever. Forgive until you don't hurt no more. Forgive until the pain is gone. Forgive until you can stand in a room with that person and you don't want to choke the life out of them. You know what I mean? Forgive until it's gone. It's gone. Until your heart is completely free. So here's a question for you. What is your 70 times 7? Or maybe a better way to say it is, who is your 70 times 7? Who's the person in your life that if you were here last week, you'd have wrote their name down on the contract to cancel their debt because you need to forgive them 70 times 7? How are you dealing with that? I mean, there were, there were so many people last week, one in particular that I think of that came up and said, I, I, just, I, am, I am struggling with this idea of how do I forgive this person? And this is a person who, who knows that they're not only about to, they're going to lose this person in their life, that they're about to pass away. If you can imagine that. How do I work through forgiveness before they're no longer here with me to work through the forgiveness? I mean, that's a challenging question. Those are hard things to deal with, but we must consider, we must consider who is this person and how are we trying to forgive them and move through the journey to healing? So as we've said all along, that forgiveness is a process, so is our journey towards healing. And so I think that the journey looks different for all of us. What you might be able to have the capacity to forgive another person, it may take them longer. Right? I mean, you, you, might, you might be able to forgive in an instant. I, I, I think there are people like that. There are some of us probably in this room right now, you're just like, man, I don't really, I mean, this doesn't bother me. I, I'm okay with that. You know, I'm going to let that go. But there's others of us in here that it literally eats us alive, and we sometimes just can't let go of things. The journey looks different for all of us. And there might be good days and bad days. There might be times where we think we've reached healing and then we realize because we see them that it all just floods back in and it's like, oh man, I'm back again. Here we go again, dealing with it. But here's my challenge for you this morning. I want to I challenge you to do something that I think is completely countercultural, goes against the grain of modern wisdom and advice. Like if you go to a friend 
on Monday at work and say, hey, really working through some forgiveness issues and some healing. Here's the advice my pastor gave me. They're going to tell you, yeah, don't do that. That's a terrible idea. That's crazy. Like nobody would give you this advice. So I'm going to give you some, the best advice that no one would ever give you, except for Jesus, because this is straight from what Jesus said. If we want to fully forgive someone and fully reach healing, we need to do these two things. Pray for the person who hurt you. Pray for the person who hurt you. No one is going to tell you to do that because no one wants to do that. Am I right? I mean, if we pray, it's like we're praying the Psalms. If you remember some of the Psalms where David prayed, Oh Lord, do not let my enemies triumph over me. May they be trampled under my feet on Tuesday morning at the meeting. I added that last part. Emphasis added. You know, may, may they have boils and diseases and hard times. That might be our prayer. May they get fired. May they move away and I never see them again. Lord Jesus, please answer my prayers. I mean, those are the types of prayers that we want to pray sometimes, right? Not, Lord, help me to love them. Lord, help me to see them as you see them. Lord, help me to be an influence in their life that reflects you. Going to be honest, I don't, I don't want to pray that most of the time. That's the first thing. The second thing is this. Serve them. Serve them. Again, not going to be at the top of your list, right? If you're making a list of things to do for your enemy. Pray for them and then serve them. That's, that is like, that is the last part of the list. And then the third thing, you can throw it up there, is just repeat those processes over and over and over again. Just keep doing that. Pray for them, serve them. And then when you're done and you're like, man, I did my duty. Thank you, God, I'll move on. No, just do it again and again and again and again and again until you experience healing. Now, let me be honest for a second and say that my first impression of this just makes me mad. Because I don't want to pray for them and I don't want to serve them if they've hurt me or hurt somebody I love. But the key that we must get that we can't miss here is that ultimately forgiveness isn't about the other person at all. It's all about you. We've been saying that since week one. It's all about you reaching a place where you have healed, you have forgiven, and you have let go and let God deal with the rest. You know, sometimes I really do hate this statement like, how's it go? Uh, I'm going to say this and then mess it up. What is it? Like, let God be or something like that. It's just, I forget it. Yes, there you go. Thank you, Meryl. Bless you. Oh, my goodness. I, I could hear it in my head, but I, the words would not come out of the mouth. Say it again, Meryl. Let go and let God. Sometimes people give that advice. Well-intentioned people give you that advice at the worst time ever. Like, you just lost everything. You know, oh, that's all right. Just let go and let God. He'll take care of it all. I'm going to choke you. you no, know, no, no. That's not the advice you want. But this 
is a time where I think that is applicable. Because it's all about you, not them. It's all about what God does in you and in your heart. Don't worry about what, let God deal with them in his time. Because it may be a situation where he is going to allow you, your enemies to be trampled under your feet. But that's for him to decide, not you and me. Not you and me. Our only job is to forgive. I want to share a story with you, and we're going to close with this idea. And Seth, you can go ahead and come up with the rest of the band as well. This is a story you may be familiar with. But on October 2nd, 2006, a shooting happened at the West Nickel Mines School, an Amish one-room schoolhouse in the Old Order Amish community of Nickel Mines. It was a, a village in Bart Township, Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. There was a gunman by the name of Charles Carl Roberts IV who took hostages and shot eight out of ten girls ages six to thirteen killing five of them before he then committed suicide in that schoolhouse. And this, new, this story made national news. I mean, it was, it was a big deal. You probably maybe even remember this. And, and, and what was so significant about this story was the incredible display of forgiveness and love from that community to the man who perpetrated these terrible crimes and his family. The emphasis on forgiveness and reconciliation in the Amish community's response was widely discussed in the national media. Jack Meyer, a, a member of the Brethren community living near the Amish, the Amish in Lancaster County, explained it like this. He says, I don't think there's anybody here that wants to do anything but forgive. And not only reach out to those who have suffered a loss in that way, but to reach out to the family of the man who committed these acts. They explained that the Amish willingness to forgo vengeance does not undo the tragedy or pardon the wrong. Don't miss that. Your forgiveness does not undo the tragedy or pardon the wrong, but rather constitutes a first step toward a future that is more hopeful. I read that, I thought of this while we were in our group on Friday night, and I went and researched the story, and I read that, and that part just hit me like a ton of bricks when we forgive we're not making it okay what they've done we're not pardoning pardoning the wrong necessarily that's for god to do we're not you know undermining the tragedy of what happened but what we're doing is we're taking a step towards healing and towards a future of hope of hope which is so much better than walking around holding the grudges and and withholding forgiveness if we can get to a place where we can pray for those who've hurt us and serve those who've hurt us, we will find healing for our souls. We will find healing for our hearts and we will be completely free of the pain. That's not to say that you won't wake up one morning and feel a little bit more hurt than you did the day before. But then you just repeat that process and God keep, keeps moving in your life and moving you step by step to a place of wholeness and hope. As we wrap up this series today, I want you to take a moment as we're going to worship together. The band is going to play Reckless Love, which is a song about how God, Jesus would leave the 99 to come after one of us. And if forgiveness is that important to him, it needs to be that important to us. 
So this morning, we're going to worship together. But I want you to consider something as you worship. I want you to consider making forgiveness a priority in your life for those who've hurt you. And that you would make a commitment to being people of second chances. A person of the second chance. Because I don't know if you know this or not, but Jesus gives us chance after chance after chance after chance. Our God is a God of second chances and third chances and 50 chances. Some of us need more chances than others. Am I right? But may we be those kind of people. May we be the people that say, forgiveness matters and it matters to me and I'm going to make it a priority in my life. Let's start that process by today as we worship together, praying for those who've hurt us and moving towards being people who will serve those who've hurt us. Amen. Let's stand together and and if you need to come and pray, feel free to do so. But let's just worship together and celebrate what God is doing. I really hope that this series has been helpful for for you. and, And I know that Man, we all have hurts, and sometimes a, a series like this kind of makes them seem small, and, I, and that's not what my intention was at all, is that I know that we all have hurts of different varying degrees, and, and that we're going through some stuff. And, and it, But God, Jesus would leave the 99 for us. He loves us, and He wants us to be healthy in our relationships with, with people and with Him, and in our hearts and our minds. He wants us to be free of the past. And so may that be true of us, church. Um, before we go, I just want, I want to let you know that next week we're starting a new series. It's, it's going to be our summer series. We do a, a kind of a, Bible, a, a book of the Bible almost every summer. And this year we're starting a little early. We're going to look at the book of Philippians. And so I hope that you will come and invite someone. And, and, and this is a great opportunity to, to bring someone along and say, hey, we're starting something new. And, and for me, I, I'm going to preach the first week and then we'll have a missionary speaker. And then Pastor Mark will be back the next couple weeks after that. This is going to be the most different for me. I don't That sounds weird to say that. The most different series I've ever done. That sounds terrible, but in my head, maybe not to you. It sounds weird coming out. It's going to be different. There we go. Let's leave it at that. Um, But I hope that you'll come and and be a part and really just uh, connect with what we're going to talk about over the next several weeks. And so let's pray together. Jesus, we are so thankful that you love us, that you you would leave 99 to come after one of us. I'm amazed that you even want a relationship with me. But you do. You care about us. And God, you care about the things that we care about. And for many of us, that is the hurts of our past. God, they weigh heavy on us. They care. We carry them around sometimes even daily. Lord, I pray that you would help us. Give us the courage to move forward, to take steps towards a hopeful future, one full of healing and God, and love and and mercy and grace as we would pray for those who've hurt us and we would serve those, God, if it's possible. Help us to, to, to move in that direction, Lord, even if it's just one small step or one one day at a time. Help us. Guide us on that path. Be with us, Lord, as we go. And, and then we just say again that we are so thankful for our moms, Lord. If there's anyone in here this morning that Maybe they have a broken relationship with their mom. God, I pray that you would give them the, the, the nudge, the, the urge this morning to, to, to call their mom today and just 
just tell her that they, that they love them and that they're thankful for them. Even if, even God, if it's if it's hard to say or or maybe it, it, it isn't even true, God, give them the capacity to do that. We pray this in Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you so much, Church. Have a great day. Thank you, moms.